privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. We are covering new Transformers. Barbara Broccoli says Bond will never be a woman. OMG shots fired. Would there be a woman category for the best director in the Oscars? And so much more. Stay tuned on Silver Screen News. Ladies and gentlemen of the K2K Nation, thank you for joining the Silver Screen Dudes on our inaugural show. I am the Viceroy of Verisimilitude, Nico Luro, joined as always by my co-host... The one AJ, Anthony Jordan. We are in the house, people, and it is going to be, for those of you joining us from the podcast, our 15,000 followers in our 39 countries worldwide, thank you for joining us over on our first ever live radio show here at the amazing K2K studios in North London. Please be sure to follow K2K at Kilburn's Kensal on Twitter. Be sure to listen to us live on the K2K radio website, and please, of course, follow K2K on Instagram. It's big, AJ. Oh, it's, it's huge. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. This is, I, you feel kind of lost for words, but before we do go anywhere, can we just like put a big shout out to Carol? Like five to six years on K2K? Yeah. Happy anniversary. Big, what, big, what, big. What, what a way. Like, we, there's a celebration of five, six years, and then here we are on our first show. So it, feel, it, it feels poetic. Yeah, literally. No, no pressure from, uh, from the OG know, Carol over I know, there. I know. <laughs> the two fresh boys out of nowhere. And I just say they're doing a great job anyway, so they're going to smash it. Keep listening. Thank you very much. Well, what, <laughs> Thanks, that, what, what, what an endorsement. <laughs> what an endorsement. You don't get bigger than that. No, you do not. I love it. I love it. So how does this Silver Screen News show work? It's very simple, guys. Um, we are new here to the K2K radio station. We are going to be bringing you all the goodness that you expect from our podcast, but it is going to be... Not the top 10 that you would expect. We're going to be bringing you the news, the biggest moving news, airing back, hearkening back to our YouTube era days. The the news is back. And halfway through the show, we are then going to be bringing you our ever-famous Throwback Thursday Rewind. So I suppose this will be like a movie Monday at the moment. A movie, literally, (laughs) yeah. A movie Monday. (laughs) Not even a movie Tuesday. That would be the one as well. 1985 brain. <laughs> that's, the one. <laughs> that, that, that's a new ongoing joke for anyone who's on the um, podcast or in my office at work. Um, yeah, I believe time's catching up with me and I call it the 1985 brain. So if anything goes wrong, like calling a movie Monday on a Tuesday, it's 1985 brain. Ah, uh, you know what they say, you know. You don't. You don't look old. I won't. I won't. I won't use the. Uh... <laughs> it don't crack. It don't crack. It don't crack. <laughs> Fans of the movie world, what are we talking about this week? It's uh, it's an interesting one because right off the bat, um, the news that broke today is, and this is hot off the press literally hot off the press this broke a few hours ago at 5pm today and this is honest music to my ears Paramount announced today at 5pm that they are going to be doing not one but two 
new Transformers movies. So, <laughs> I'm very happy, and um, I couldn't help but share the news, and it was a thing for me to kind of plug it to people. I was like, oh, by the way, yeah, um, Nico's just dropped it to me, message, Paramount, to um, mm-hmm. Transformers movies. The first thing I get, and this is from a, our mutual friend, Miss Annika Buchan, as she wants to be called today, yeah, yeah, yeah. she says to me, I hope it's better than Bumblebee. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was like, whoa, excusez-moi. Excusez-moi, uh, yeah. indeed. Um, so this is the thing. You have you have the loyal fans who really right fell into... No, no, well, no, 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 careful, because you're going to tell me... You're going to take that back right away. Who loved what uh, <laughs> your favourite director produced, Mr. Oh, Michael Bay. Then you have those who went down the route of the cartoons, the comics, and everything else that came out. Again, who, right here. Yeah, now that this is you, that's you right there. And who appreciated the Bumblebee approach. So there was a split fandom that's going on in the, in the world of Transformers, and I believe, hopefully, we might be able to appease the two. And either way, let's enjoy it. Well, no, the, the, the thing that I think I really need to make a note of, like just going through the history of the Transformers in the movie world. Please do. Otherwise, we'll be here all night. We don't have that. <laughs> we don't have that time. But listen, I think what Michael Bay did with the first movie was actually really cool. It, 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 yeah, it, had, it was a little bit hard to follow because he hadn't quite figured out how to use the camera work of shooting the action on that sort of scale yet. And as the movies progressed, the camera got pulled further and further back and the action was easier to follow. And as the movies progressed, the script got worse and worse and worse. But and the, the ca- CG improved. Oh, it did. It did. But Apart it li- from Dinobots. Oh, we don't talk about the Dinobots. It literal, literally became visual noise, and you know they commonly became known as the Bayformers because hardcore fans like myself just realised this this wasn't the Transformers. I mean, there's a very very interesting review out there on the Silver Screen Dudes YouTube channel <laughs> for Transformers: The Last <laughs> Night. It was safe for work. It was just very heated. Viewed, view discretion is advised. As always with Nico. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we're keeping it clean. We're keeping it clean. It's all being kept very clean here. But no, the, the thing that I think is fascinating is that Michael Bay's not coming back. Well, I, I didn't have. I had the feeling this was going to be the case based on Bumblebee. I, I could see a soft reboot of some sort. Mm. Uh, I think we're in reboot nation now, really. Um, we are, but and I think this, given that the world, as our recent podcast of the top ten movies of the last decade, your box office rundown for each year proved, is that people love an IP. They do indeed. They do indeed. And, and as as we said, and this is going out to everyone out there who goes, "Oh, it is all about franchises." As we said on that show, and we will say here. Support the other films. You will see more of the other films. There is a lot of originality that came out in the last decade that not everyone had a chance to see. No, they didn't. As our as our top ten list proved, the podcast guys is available on all uh, podcast platforms: iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Find it wherever. Just search for Movie Mount Rushmore. Um, that recent podcast hit about eleven thousand listens, so it's doing well. Um, no bragging. No bragging <laughs> at all. Just just uh, humility. But show some support to that if you want to hear what our opinion of the top ten films of the last decade were. But no, back on this Transformers thing, the um, the fascinating thing, I think, is not only that they're not bringing Michael Bay back, but it's this announcement of two. And there's a few rumours already, as you would expect, that have started circulating. The one being that is gonna, one of the movies is going to be a reboot of okay. the original Michael Bay Transformers, which could be interesting. Another is saying that it's going to be a continuation of this Bumblebee side story. But then there's another rumour coming out, which... I'm quite interested in it was never my cup of tea, but it does make me think they're going mad with this. And you know what? In a world where you've essentially got big alien robots beating each other up, go mad. You know? And this third rumor is, is that they're going to do Beast Wars. You know way more than me on that, and I'll let you touch on it before I go with a theory that has crossed my mind. And hey, 
Sometimes I've called it, I've been right, sometimes I've been wrong. But hit us with Beast Wars first and I will... Well, no, here, here's the funny thing. Beast Wars was never my jam. That's actually where the franchise lost me. Because I was always about, you know, the cars and the jets and the OG characters. Then I... Th- I can't remember who it was. It was pre-Cartoon Network, I believe. But they rebooted it and I didn't like the animation style from the trailer and it never caught me. All I know is that Optimus Prime ceased to be Optimus Prime and started becoming known as Optimus Primal. And when I heard that, I was like, nope, no, no, you no, lost no, me. No, no. Do you know what I was thinking you may get? Um, something akin to the X-Men universe where it was their intended plan, but it didn't go there. But you could have, you know, like your X-Men origin story. Yeah, yeah. So you might actually have an Optimus Prime origin story the same way we had a Bumblebee. And it might go on that way and then lead into. Well, you, my friend, have actually just set up a perfect tangent there for us to move into our next segment here. So That's what I do. That's 10 out of 10 for you. <laughs> Thank you very because much. Because one of the other, we are going to talk about some more serious stuff in the world of movies before moving on to Throwback Thursday. Um, or as we have to call it, rewind. Um, but tell me Tuesdays. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> We'll find out. <laughs> no, but the other topic, the geeky topic that we're going to talk about is um, whether you can call this news or not. It certainly happened. And what it means is up to us to interpret. But Jean-Luc Picard himself, Mr. Or I should say Sir, not Mr. Sir Patrick Stewart, has been confirmed to have had a meeting with our Lord and Saviour Kevin Feige over at Marvel Studios. So I have heard this to, to, re- to, to resume his role as, um, I was going to say Jean-Luc, as Professor Charles <laughs> Xavier. That's the rumour. You've got to think it's obviously because of that. You I don't mean, meet Kevin Feige as Patrick Stewart unless you're talking about that. Unless Picard was to try to oh, stop <laughs> yeah, it. I'm joking. No, but um, all seriousness, like, it would be the most fitting. And then you know the rumours are now going to be like, oh, if they can get Patrick back, they can get Hugh Jackman back. Bingo. And this is why I think we're moving into dangerous territory. But this is the thing. If Yeah. Go. I'll let you take it. Because not only then does it mean that you're bringing Patrick back... But two sides of the same coin, yin and yang. You can't have Professor X without having Magneto. So what, we're going to bring Ian McKellen back now? And then that means Halle Berry a storm and James... Well, yeah, <laughs> James we, can, we can go deep you're, you're literally taking everyone back when it's meant to be a fresh start. Yep. And, and this, this can be a bit of a problem. It can be. And the other thing that I keep reiterating, and I said this to you on the podcast the other day, is that less so for Professor X, but the implications of bringing Patrick Stewart back as Professor X mean that there's an implication of having Magneto being played by Ian McKellen. Now, not only... Now, don't get me wrong, Ian McKellen, Ian McKellen is a national treasure, and I will watch Ian McKellen and support Ian McKellen for the rest of my days. Um, long may he reign. But the reality is is that the, pro, the Magneto storyline is very much rooted in World War II. It's rooted in Auschwitz, right? Indeed. Now... That, for me, raises a serious problem, because if you've got an, uh, an MCU world, which is, though the year hasn't been specified, it's pretty much set in the modern day. You see why I'm going with this? I, I get you. So if we go on a soft reboot of kind, we may be able to work it in the fact that you are working off of what Fox left off, so the story continues, just told potentially better. Uh, don't do that. I Not wouldn't with want where it. Fox I left wouldn't off. want it. But as I said, a soft reboot of kind, so you can take what you want, leave what you don't want. Well, what do you want from that universe? Really, break it down for me. The cast. <laughs> Let's be real. I'm just Which saying. cast? The original or the first class cast? Was it? Here we go. This is Here we go. See, the, you see that you, you come into a problem. I, I understand there are iconic faces that match the role. Yeah. And as I always said, as a young kid, with my dad being the Trekkie that he is, Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc, I said, this guy reminds me of the guy I'm seeing on Fox Kids as Professor X. It was just that look, so two want to come back. Yeah. But now we're going way too far back. 
it's a difficult one. I don't know how it would be played. <laughs> it Do you know what? There's so a, there's, there's, many there, problems. There, there is such a way that you could... There is talk of a multiverse. Now, if you have a multiverse that has a... a, a talk. A, it's, it's it, it goes back in time. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Mm. So then their time lapse means that certain things have happened at an earlier date. You may be able to jiggle stuff in a way. Listen, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home definitely set that up, but the, you've got a real, real risk of confusing an audience when you play I with agree. this. I agree. And the thing is, it then relies on everyone having to have seen everything else. Correct. Whereas when you're in an era where you've got this film can be a standalone, but it is part of a bigger picture. That is the way you should really be operating. Well, make make the bottomless hole that ma- that much worse. What if people get on board when the multiverse is starting and they haven't seen everything else? That's going to lead to all sorts of confusion. But well, this is why you know, I, this is why people talking about the reincarnation of Tony Stark and stuff. I'm like, just stop, leave stop, it. stop, stop. I, I, in honesty, Doctor Doolittle failed. I'm sure he wants that Marvel money back, but that's not the point. Like, do little sold already? In the states, we're we talking bombed, Ooh. bombed, dude. This movie, before counting in marketing, had a one hundred and seventy-five million dollar budget. It made twenty-two million in its opening weekend. It that's that's the redefinition of a bomb. Boom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, a bomb, that, and it exploded. That's ah, oh, that's painful. I. Even it's Danny Junior can't save it. That's no, what I'm no, saying. no, 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 no. All, all I know is that there are some stuff that people are so used to seeing you as one thing. Your first few films tend to have. I mean, let's take. Um, Do they Gifted. look at Sherlock? Yeah, people. It, what made huge? Well, I mean, I know they had a sequel. This is the biggest actor on the planet we're talking about, and he, he his first independent movie since leaving the MCU has bombed. I get it. I get it. What I mean. Look at look at how how much or lack of there should I say of attention gifted got for Chris Evans, which was an amazing movie. Sometimes people just buy into what they want, and it's the IP. Indie. Small little indie movie. No I, one sees indie movies anymore. Much to I think the world's detriment, because the indie movies are usually where you know the soul of the film industry is at. Agreed. Agreed. It's a tough one. I, I do you know? I, I think you may remember, it and a few others heard me say it. What? It's this, this next phase for Marvel sounds very interesting, but you have to really, no, it's really scary. have your head screwed on because you, you've taken away the big names and you're expecting people to buy into stuff that yep. is way... You know, okay, we were very lucky that we could make Black Panther a name when it wasn't as big as your DC counterparts or your Iron Man and Captain America, don't get me wrong. And to be fair, they went so far off the source material. But this Black is Panther, it. I mean, Black, uh, pa- Black Panther caught people more on a... Dare I say cultural and ethical, ethnical oh, side course. that it did as an actual movie of who T'Challa actually is. Which is fascinating, because I bet if you said to a lot of people who are in love with the Black Panther film and the T'Challa character, hey, did you know he was originally a villain when he was written? Oh, the amount of stuff I've gone through with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's unreal. I know it's having a very big bang at the moment, folks. I do apologise. But, <laughs> no, it, it, but it's just the, where does this go? Because let's be honest, some of the lesser famous names in a current state, mm. let's talk Ant-Man, did not make what it should have compared to the rest. And when you take something like that, and you now say that, okay, the only, I mean, the God-given grace that they have right now is that Spider-Man still is Spider-Man, and he's For still now. there. But what I'm trying to get at is, the rest, where will that revenue come from? Blade's going to do huge because of the fan base that was here. In and the early. people love Mahershala Ali. Indeed. Indeed. There you go. It's, 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 it's We've got some be, nods yeah. in the studio here. People love Mahershala Ali. <laughs> he is the man. He is the man. I cannot wait to see that. But this, th- these are the debates that you're going on. 
there are characters that are recognised based on a parcel generation, and then there are some that are just akin to the comic book geeks. For I don't want to spend too long on this because no, no, no. before we go into rewind, we've got one more topic to get on. Uh, we've got two more or three more topics to get onto. But there's just one thing that I was building on, and I, I know I said this to you the other day. But do you think the radio is the right place to bring this up? You know, my little reimagining of the Magneto storyline. Hey, I'm down because when I pitch, when I pitch who I think should be Magneto once again, I'm sure he will get some love or some hate. So, let, hit, go. so here's the thing, right? Um, prof- Patrick Stewart is pretty much ageless at this point. <laughs> I mean, he has not aged in the last 20 years. So if you tell me he's going to be Professor X, I'm down. But if you tell me Ian McKellen's going to be Magneto, for me, that means you're still keeping with that Auschwitz, with that, you know, original storyline, which is fine. But what Kevin Feige has shown again and again is that we are reimagining these characters, as we were just saying, T'Challa, you know, the prince of Wakanda, or the king of Wakanda, I should say. He was a villain. That has never been alluded to in this MCU. Agreed. So here's my pitch. If Kevin Feige's listening, here's my pitch for how you reimagine Magneto. Because if you put him, if you place him as someone who had his vision of the world formed by human evil, which in his original storyline was what the Nazis did in the concentration camps, right? He's going to be an old man if you, if, if you keep, to keep to that original storyline. Old and very frail at this point. You know, he'd be, he'd be pushing 80. Yeah. Okay. Really pushing 80. Now, that for me doesn't scream... MCU. No, it doesn't. So what I think is you cast someone like Giancarlo Desposito from Breaking Bad, or God willing, let him accept it, Denzel Washington, right? That's what, that was would, the part I was going to cover. Tell you, the story before you tell the angle. Okay, <laughs> so the angle is this. Magneto, his view of the world was formed by human evil, by people committing atrocities in the concentration camps. Since World War II, there have been a number of major human incidents which have involved mass slaughter or concentration camps. So my thinking is this. Magneto... You can not only recast him, but I think he should be African. I think Magneto should be a survivor of the Rwandan genocide. Because much like the concentration camps, the Rwanda genocide showed the absolute evil of humanity. It showed a horrible civil war between uh, the Hutus and the Tutsis. Now, you tell me if a survivor of that would be any different from someone who survived the concentration camps. He has seen mankind at his absolute worst, right? He's got a very formed view of the world. Now, if you're going to tell me that he's a Rwanda survivor, that puts him in his mid-50s. Which is the age you're looking for when Bingo. you talk. Um, and it gives you a yeah. fresh look. Of course. You tell me Denzel walking down the street bending metal isn't going to make film fans throw the popcorn out their seats. My man. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, no. That, right? that would be the one. I, would, I mean, as I said, you pitched the story when I said Denzel as Magneto. It, mm. We both had a, a, a brief moment of pause oh. because it, it, it's the one. It, it would be the moment. Just Den- Let's be clear. Denzel in anything is the Absolutely one. Absolutely anything. If there was ever a role for Denzel to come and grind his teeth as a villain... He would own it. D- dude, like, he would dethrone Ian McKellen. That's... that's it is he, what it is. He would. It is what it is. There's no, it's no, no, no shade thrown on saying that. It's no, no, just no, no, that. no, no. But now, so here's my question. In hindsight, and this isn't to say that this is what they're working on. This is just, a, you know, a little fantasy that I'm pitching, right? 
which I think would but work. But you did hear some news of Magneto being cast as a black actor. I heard some news of Magneto being cast as a black actor, and of course the world lost its mind and said, how dare you rewrite this fictional character as a black person, which is ridiculous. I, I wonder how they're coping with the Doctor Who news at the moment then. Oh, big. <laughs> yeah. But then Just here's saying. my thing. So you hear this recasting as a black actor, and instead of jumping on the bandwagon of, hey, I stopped and thought for a moment and thought, hang on, if they're actually doing this, Rwanda genocide. That's how you do it. I get it. That's I'm how done. you do it. So with that in mind, do you want Patrick Stewart recast as Professor X? But then the age gap's too huge. As much as you say there's ageless, let's, let's, be, let's be real. So that's a it, no. It, based on that current casting, hell no. But it, on on a on a open path of based on who I've seen in comic and cartoons, Patrick Stewart back as Professor X, I'm on board all day. Yes, although I mean, and yeah, but it does but, but close it, the doors it, for new it's stories. The timeline and aging and how do yep. you work it? And then you want to come and tell me some story that oh, their click of the finger. Anyway, I'm not going to get into it. That's too much. However, this stuff we, are we do talking, need to get into though. <laughs> however, talking recasting. Yes. And gender swaps and colour swaps. There you go. Let's let's tangent one more time let's into your next bit of news. Barbara Broccoli, the owner of Eon Productions, the basically the lord and protector of the James Bond IP. There's been a lot of talk over the last few years, especially in the run up to this new James Bond film that is two, three months away. It's releasing in yeah, April. It's very close. Um This is Daniel Craig's you know, Swan, swan Song. song. Yeah. Yep. This is his bye-bye. Now, love him or hate him, that's not what's on topic here. Should James Bond be cast as a woman? I've always been a firm believer in no. A lot of people have believed in yes. There are arguments on both sides. I get them. We, can, we will touch on those briefly. But what I think is fascinating is that Barbara Broccoli, a woman, believe it or not, as the name would imply, I know it might shock some of you that an actual woman is, by the sounds of it, saying, no, I don't want to give... A very iconic role to a woman. It's deeper than that. We're about to discuss. But she has categorically said James Bond will never, and it was in bold capitals, never be a woman. Discuss. Do I have an argument with it? No. If we're talking 007 being reassigned, that's one thing. James Bond you, you being mean the re- actual number. The number. The license reassigned. to kill. Okay. Yeah. But as I keep saying, and I will keep harping on, why is it that in order to give someone's status they have to use that same character thank you why can you not have a female lead who can have any other number you don't even have to go for a number just an a female mi5 operative mm. who is kicking butt and taking names the same way james bond did yep and here we are with a film why does it have to be james bond for it to work or is the or is, as i've heard much too many jane. people say jane bond and th- this is this is at the point where I say we're, we're losing the focus here because are we living in the world of, you know, the woken warriors? And, the, and swear to God, if the next person who says go woke or go broke, I'm going to punch him in the face. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It's driving me crazy. Yes, be woke, love woke. Woke is good, right? We are in the age of women being recognized finally as the way they should be. We're still not there. We're far from being there. But we're, we're making headway. We're getting to a place where... You know, race is now being talked about in a way that is non-confrontational. We're being spoken about in a way, we're, we're living in an age where the LGBTQ community are finally being accepted. All these wonderful things happening. However, with this advancement and this liberal thinking, which I am all for and I love, I think we're missing a beat here. If you're saying to me, let's make more amazing roles for women, 
100%, 10 out of 10, that's the right attitude to have. However, when you're saying to me, take a role that is 60 years now ingrained and we're just going to sort of do a, a token gesture to women, that's such a weak move. But, but here we go, here we go. And here, here's my, my enforcement, if you would, or counter to their argument is, so why is it that in order to give a woman power, it has to rely off of a man's success? Yeah, bingo. It there you no, go. You, you, as I, do you know, let's take Goldeneye. Right, 006. Yeah, yeah. Sean Ale- Bean's character. Alec Trevelyan, yeah. Right? That character, at the beginning, blew us all away. Why? Because he was working side by side with Bond and we loved it. He was his equal. Exactly. Now, why can we not have a film with someone, a female, black, mm. white, Asian, indifferent, but a female, alongside James Bond, mm-hmm. and now you span off into your own world, if you wish to? Again, you don't have to go that way. You don't have to touch on Bond. But why is it that it has to be James Bond? Bond, you have to take over the name James Bond. It's ridiculous. It's it's so missing and the point. Do you, do you know what I think people also haven't paid attention to? That when you are so ingrained in a specific character, yeah. you don't get to carry on much further. Let's look at the Terminator franchise. No Ooh, matter what you have tried to do, <laughs> no matter what you have tried to do, they always have to lean back to Arnie, even if it's just uh, because everyone's looking out for you that. You say that. Can I build on that a moment? Since seeing Terminator Dark Fate, do you know what I realise has been missing these last few Terminator movies? Sarah Connor. Oh, I get it. I, I don't disagree with that, but those are the key points to a Terminator movie. Yeah. Now, if you're looking for From the World of Bond, <laughs> you're going to need James Bond. And how do you now change this into a Jane? Everyone, look at Ocean's Ridiculous. 8. Yeah. Everyone's like, is Danny going to turn up? <laughs> right yeah you you look at and i'm not saying this is against women you let, let's go another one and hit it on the male front when they tried to do the born ultimatum was it Ooh. ultimatum or whichever the whichever one with the, jeremy yeah, Renner. it it tanked why because you're trying to make something in a world that's already existing uh, but that by the way my friend is why i don't think they should do any bond spin-offs i think leave the bond ip as it is i don't think giving that ip to women is helping them or helping the cause of giving more roles to women in any way bro my thing is if you want it in that world you can have it in that world the same way that it can go so far on its own later on Mm. if you want that people don't have to know let's just take cheers and frazier those are two different things but it came from frazier spun off from that mork and mindy spun off from happy days you know these are i'm really i'm I'm going really old in time but what i'm saying is you can take something from a show or a film, yeah. spin it off and it has its own franchise. Let's give it a chance that we're not the biggest fans, but Hobbs and Shaw can spin off into something without it saying Fast and Furious Presents. That is a franchise of its own that has nothing to do with the rest. But those characters were born in the Fast and Furious world. Agreed. Well, so, okay. Well, we need to spin off from this because unfortunately, and this is a topic we could talk about all oh, day. I get it. But hang on, what are we being told here? AJ, turn around. What's that? What we got? Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters didn't work. I, I was going to touch on that one. <laughs> I was going to touch on that one. I kind of had fun with it, but the world didn't like it. Nope. And the backlash was horrendous. I felt really bad for these ladies. But again, it, it just shows that when people love something, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you don't can fix create. It, don't fix it. What, what I hate is that they're trying to reappropriate this James Bond character by calling him her Jane or making Bond a woman, whatever you want to call it. They're trying to do it for some sort of, you know, wokenness and be like, oh, we need to give more women roles. No, 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 no. You don't need to give women male roles. You need to make more original roles for women. That's what you thing. need to do. This is the thing. And until you take that and own it. Yeah, let's not get it twisted. Captain Marvel has worked. Wonder Woman has worked. Birds IPs, of Prey. IPs. I'd I like some it. original no, I, stuff. But do you get what I'm saying? Is that It's not that its female leads don't work. 
No, but don't God, no. don't Hell take no. it. Don't take it from an angle of oh, James Bond works, so now it's time to make James 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 Jane just because. No, that's ridiculous. Am I against the female MI five operative? No, no, never, never. Am I against taking over James? Well, we're about Bond? to get it. <laughs> Looks but, like we're about but to get it. You know it. what's going to happen in this. She's going to start off as J- 007. James is going to return from retirement he's gonna and he's going to retake it. his mantle. Why? Because that is what people want. But we've ticked the box of woman, tick, black, tick, 007, tick, it's done. But that, you can never go any further than that. That or Barbara Broccoli's just ghosted the whole world and it's all going to be set up for her to become the new James Bond. <laughs> we're wasting our breath. Who knows? There you go. There you go. But so we, hit me with the next one. We need to move on to the next and final topic before moving on to our rewind segment. And that is it, similar to this, but there has been talk recently. You, you remember that famous little announcement speech that Natalie Portman made next to Ron Howard when she got up on stage and now announcing all the male best directors basically the subtext and the passive aggressive side to it being that there you know every single person nominated was a man this is bad now the topic on question here before we move on is should the oscars have a best female and best male directors given that there is already a best male and best female actor and be careful with this one I was going to say, or do we do the reverse and just do best actor, which covers male and female? That's where I wanted to go. That was the question. Now. But that's not what's been presented. I know, I know. I I like that, by the way. I actually... Why I don't agree with the one category for actor is because there is so much talent out there that it needs to be recognised and having Mm. a male and female allows us to expand further. Sure. Now, in the world of directors, am I against it? No. Now, how far do you here's, go? Here's 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 my question. No, 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 no. Because I'm down with that, right? Here's my question: though. Can you name five films this year directed by a lady? Off the top of my head, probably not. This is it. Now, I'm not saying. Now, uh, with uh, research, uh, uh, with uh. research, we could be proven not, very wrong. Not the point, because I could rifle five off by men like that. So this shows the fact that you know there is a point to be made here. That, but I, 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 this is. I've got to be careful with how I phrase this. When I first looked at this topic, I went to the place you just did, which is, well, are there enough movies to actually fill a whole nomination slot of five women or ten women as best director? With research, probably yes. Off the top of my head, no. But then I started thinking there's a bigger point to this because how far do you go then? Do you go the five best black directors? Do you go the five best gay actors do you go the five best women script writers this can go into a this can go to a very bad place now i appreciate at the moment it's kind of framed around you know the elite categories which are best actor best director and there but there is an argument to be made that the fact that we've already got a best actor and best actress category that in itself could be construed as being sexist but then if you go down this whole best male director and best female director on the one hand doesn't mean that in order to fill that category and in order to become more woken, Hollywood essentially is going to have to start waking up. Because the, the one big argument here, listeners, is that it's not about the... And people hate the Oscars, you know, Oscars so white, this, that, and the other. It's not the Oscars' responsibility the to make sure that there are roles for these, um, for these talents. It's the studios. If I say to you, here's an apple and here's a banana, tell me which one you prefer. But you say, well, actually, I'd like a strawberry. I'm going to say, well, no, the strawberry isn't on offer. 
And that's the problem. We need more strawberries, essentially. I'm not saying women are strawberries, no, no, but no, you no, get no, the no, analogy. No, you, 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 we could have been talking colour. It's yeah. just a fruit. We're just talking fruit here. Now, here we go. Why you should have a male category, male and female category. Of actor and of director? Actor, of actor and actress. Okay. Is because it's visually seen. Visual presentation, that's fair on enough. the other hand... You don't need to know who's behind it. It's the way you've delivered the art. That's a good argument. And in that, this is where it comes back to the studios. Give more women more opportunities. Yep. Because if I'm going to talk anything, and I, I don't want to go back into my geekdom here, mm. but if I'm going to look at anything that DC presented, Patty Jenkins with Wonder Woman was the outright winner. Oh, 100%. So it's not to say, it, it, do you understand? Now, did I, at the time of walking in, did I go, oh, I'm going to support this film because a woman directed it? No. I just went in there for my, my fandom yep. of DC and on research, I'm like, this woman owned it, <laughs> you know, yep. as you do. And you, that's where you find your appreciation of a director. And I think with a studio giving people the chance to do it, male, female, indifferent of mm. gender, race or sexuality. Yeah. Let's see what you can deliver. And I think that's what you need to see because this is your way of presenting it. You are cloaked as a director. You are visually seen as an actor. You have a male lead in the film. You have a female lead. There is no lead in terms of being a director. You are but one. So it's your way of presenting and managing your team to direct and produce this film in the art that you want. It's an interesting point. So with that, I would say personally, no. So no. director. I don't think it needs to be split because it's the way you present it and be recognised by the academy so then the buck falls back on the oscars recognize more women <laughs> but, no, but, but, but then does it does it because mm. we're going back to the studios what are the studios doing me and you just, well, you, you and i should i say the one, <laughs> the, my English? the one off the top of my head greta gerwood who um just did little women but you just said the one no offense and i'm not i'm not no, poking, right. i'm not poking but it's, right. it's that fact that we we can easily talk about oh my god scorsese's done a netflix movie that's three hours long and i can't wait to see it and not very good I'm not getting into that. But I'm just talking <laughs> about the fact that it's even down to a Netflix movie we're running to a director. Give the ladies a chance to show what they can do. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Because I, I for a fact, love a female director's movie. You know? But again, I love a male director. It's not about that. I, I, you know, it's you find a style and you like it. Mm. Male or female, it doesn't matter. So, a style of acting, if I'm going to say, oh, you know, we've had female leads, we've had male leads. So yeah. and f- going back to the Bond situation, mm-hmm. we would then have to say then a female has to be Bond. I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to count on what I just said a minute ago. Mm. So with that, you have male leads, you have female leads. You have, in terms of direction, it's not to say that this film was comprised of a male and female director. It was just a director. I'd agree with that. To be fair, I hadn't considered the whole visual angle, which sounds a bit moronic, but... <laughs> <laughs> the silver screen dudes do not picture pictures yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but listen no just a few little other bits to rifle off before we get into our rewind section so um movies coming out this week i think the big one to mention when i say big i don't mean big name big ip if we wanted to do that we would talk about bad boys i personally do not have an interest in seeing that i need to close the chapter but it's not the one that's exciting me if i'm nah, honest you do you the one that's actually exciting me uh, and i really encourage everyone to head on down to the lexi cinema on chamberlain road uh one of our very very lovely partners the lexi cinema um i th- best caption in the industry i'm a cinema love me gotta love them follow at the lexi cinema on twitter and please 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 be sure to support your independent cinemas wherever they may be and if you happen to be in the uh, wonderful borough of brent here in north london the lexi is your independent cinema but they will be releasing uh the new david copperfield movie with def patel hugh laurie uh, ben wishaw and tilda swinton releasing this week that one i'm looking forward to you are i am cool i am i'm, I'm, I'm interested i'm intrigued to see where it 
go. This I, is I, it. I have a fear. I, 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 have, I have a do little fear. Let's just call it that. <laughs> Let's oh just put that label on it. But I am interested because David Copperfield's always been a good read. So. No, ab- yeah, absolutely. It's, <laughs> no, it's no, going to be fascinating. No, 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 that's for um, sure to... New trailers that have dropped. We got the teaser for what we were teased by a few days ago. So, <laughs> this you was know what? Let, 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 okay, let, let's keep this very short because we've got to move you know on. What? Forget it. I was going to go into the other. Let's just stick on this. Has the world gone mad in terms of numbers? Yes. Because we talk about the fact that Instagram want to remove how many likes and stuff you've got. But here we are. You're talking to two people who do a thing called the top 10 list. I, so. Listen, listen, I get it. <laughs> we have but, gone but, mad. But what I'm getting at is here we are in, a, in an era where there is a teaser to a teaser. To a trailer one, <laughs> a, which will lead to a trailer so two a teaser, and a final yeah, trailer. A teaser Come normally on. leads to a trailer. Yeah. Now we have a teaser to tell you that the teaser's coming out to then tell us, oh, the trailer's coming out. All before we've seen the film. Now, in essence, what you're really doing is you're really spoiling the film because each time you're going to give me a little bit more of the film... Not on that first teaser teaser. That was a waste of time. That was offensive. But but what I'm trying to get at is if you keep doing all of this, you keep going at all your best bits. I mean, we used to hate trailers 10 years ago. Yeah. Let alone getting into it now where you're going to do the teaser to the teaser and the the, the trailer to the teaser. I can't even get into it. I'm losing my mind into this whole build-up. I still enjoy the world to live. I just don't know where I'm going with Fast we, 9. Well, we are talking Fast 9, and I have to say, for me, that this teaser actually gave away that, oh, look, Dom's, Dom's son or kid dies. Looks like he's well, gone. Well, I wasn't sure if it was that Dom's the one who's on his way out. Maybe Michelle. All I know is I know they're going to get to 10, but please stop after that. Uh, then, no, enter, then enter Hobbs and Shaw well, whatever, for 10 movies. Honestly, Fast <laughs> The, Fast and Furious is getting very slow now. Like, yeah, it, it, well played, yeah. sir. No, but the one interesting trailer that dropped this week was um, Escape from Pretoria. Yes. Did you catch yes, that? Yes, I did, I did. That, 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 here we go. Give me something original there and I'm you all go. on board. That look, and it's a true story. My man loves yeah, a biopic. Of course, of course. So I'm down, I'm down, and this is what it's all about. Let's get something fresh. This looks fresh. Oh, yeah, well, this is what I'm talking about. This, we're onto a winner. We are. And on that note, uh, I think... Let's see it's if I can... to drop the hammer? It's time to drop the hammer. Let's see if I can actually get this playing properly. Go on, go on. Well, that was something. Wow. <laughs> so, um, in, in, a, in a podcasting studio, we, we have this in a distance. We do. <laughs> in, in a radio station, wow, I nearly went deaf. Walk the room up. I hope you guys enjoyed it. That is what you call a teething problem. Um, I'm still learning to work this tech. <laughs> we'll we're get good, there. We're good, we're good. But no, that little uh, hammer drop, as we say, that is the... Um, that is the announcement of one of our old throwback Thursday sections. We're, we're, we're going to find a hashtag for Tuesdays, which isn't tacos. Throwback Tuesday? Taco Tuesday. <laughs> so, listen, guys, this goes back again to our YouTube Take me days. back Tuesdays. Take me. Oh, hey, whoa, 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 Give me some time like and it, I'm back I like on the it, I like it. Feel that. Um, so, listen, what is the throwback Thursday? The throwback Thursday is... Or take me back Tuesday. Take me back Tuesday. <laughs> is very simply put, where we take a little stroll down Nostalgia Avenue, down Memory Lane, and we take a look at the movies that are 10 years old and 20 years old out this month. Now... Let's start with the ones which are 10 years old. We have got Daybreakers. Um, we have got The Book of Eli. We have got The Tooth Fairy, Legion, and Edge of Darkness. Now, I think between us, we've managed to watch or rewatch all five of yeah. these. Um, do you want to fire away with the, 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 the shamble that is The Tooth Fairy? <laughs> <laughs> do you smell it? <laughs> I don't want no, to smell uh, it. Oh, mate, what can I say? I don't know what The uh, Rock was uh, cooking here. Uh, 
cash. <laughs> Straight cash. Um, yeah, these these were the days before, well, just fresh out of a wrestling ring and The Rock was taking any movie that was thrown at him. Hmm. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, it helped build the... The, the 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 franchise that is Dwayne Johnson now, um, R.I.P. So man, Rocky Johnson, that was his dad who passed oh, away too long ago. Don't. Just want to pass that out there. It's all kinds of cheese. I, do you know? I remember being. I mean, it being a wrestling fan, I am. Uh, I know there are some stuff that do it, and some stuff that don't, which I'll touch on in a minute. Yeah. This one, I, I think it's because you want to forget it. You're like, oh my gosh, I remember when that came out, like it was uh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, Sum it up, it, what's it about? I, I just remember this story being very similar to like your Mr. Nanny and stuff where they just got a very muscly wrestler or kindergarten cop. The, 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 the two fairy fight... I don't even want to, I didn't even look back at it. It was too horrific. But it was the... He, was, he wasn't a football player, was he, in this one? Bro, full disclaimer, I have not seen this film. You haven't? Now, why would I? Why did you put so much hate on it if you've never seen it? It's The Rock playing a tooth fairy. Hey, after he done that, um, Vin did Vin the pacifier. Yeah, Vin did the pacifier. So Do you think it, I saw that? It was actually worse. Believe it or not, it's not actually hard to believe. <laughs> That's Vin why Diesel. you're here, AJ. It I get actually... hey, you get to see these films. Uh, oh, <laughs> now you've got me scratching my brain. I just remember the Rock essentially playing the Two Fairy. How he became the Two Fairy, I don't remember. It's very cheesy. It's very aimed to kids in the sense that it's the Rock playing the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> Come on! But this is what you get. You get um, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Subur- not Suburban Cop, Kindergarten Cop. You, you, Hulk Hogan is Mr. Nanny. Vin Diesel is the pacifier. The, these roles are, it's against the grain for your build, isn't it? I, you know, not that I'm sizist, if you want to call it that. Um, <laughs> no, but it is that kind of thing of, oh my days, how is this muscle man playing the, 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 the ever humble? You know, you, you say the two fairy, you picture Tinkerbell. You say the two fairy, you see the rock. Tinkerbell? It's like, how does it? She's a fairy. Yeah. The two <laughs> no, but no. So, okay. What do you picture when you say the two fairy? I. We won't go there. <laughs> we won't I, go I there. I really don't want to know how no. you even managed <laughs> we, to make we me won't go think there. of a dark place when you said that. Um, <laughs> we won't go there. Um, listen, moving on from the, the two fairy, because we cle- I haven't I, seen I, it, I, and I you clearly have got fond uh, memories of it. I mean, it, was just, it was just easy kid. Oh. Go and enjoy stuff. It wasn't. You'll never appreciate it in your teens upwards. I'll take over from this one. And the other movie that is ten years old this month is Mel Gibson's Edge of Darkness. Now, unfortunately, I didn't see this one. I know it was a BBC series many moons ago. Bro, it was weird. It was. So let me paint the picture for you. Mel Gibson basically plays a, a Boston cop. His daughter comes to see him, um, and you can tell she's not very well. She keeps having, she keeps throwing up. She keeps getting a nosebleed, and you're, I, not not so much for the nosebleed, but for the constant throwing up. You're like, is she pregnant? You know, uh-huh, okay. that's what you were thinking. You know, morning sickness, whatever it may be. Then she starts bleeding out of her nose really badly when they're at the dinner table. This is after a little exposition scene of them reuniting, and you can clearly tell there's some family friction there. Normally, the Mel Gibson case. Yep. <laughs> oh, damn. No, 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 in those roles, you could. He plays that role. He plays it well. well. Yeah. Um, so she sort of screams, Daddy, 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 I need to go to hospital. He takes her to the door, and someone literally blows her head off with a shotgun. And I mean, literally. Like, takes a chunk out of her. Very, very 10 graphic. years ago. Mate, it was out of nowhere super graphic. You know when you're not bracing yourself for something really graphic and it sort of hits you in the face? And it's like a car crash. You kind of can't look away. But yeah, yeah. So then there's this huge, huge, huge bit of, you know, 
mystery that opens up with Mel Gibson trying to figure out his daughter was supposedly this loving, harmless, you know, hippie-type chick. Who the hell would want to kill her? Ensue very, very convoluted plot with Danny Houston. You know, the villain the villain from Wonder Woman. So you're like, hmm, I wonder if he's responsible for this. That's the problem with casting Danny Houston. You know he's the villain. Okay. I, you know I, what I, I mean? Yeah. But it was very convoluted. To be honest, it didn't stick together that well. But Ray Winston's in this, weirdly, and you don't really figure out why he's there. Now, I'm very much of the opinion that if you took Ray Winston's character out, it would still be very much the same film. Like, they tried to make it this big spy thriller, and... Honestly, it fell a bit flat on its face. Do I like seeing Mel Gibson do his, you know, broken man shtick? Yeah, sure. But it, this movie... It wasn't the one. It, no. It, it's, it feels 10 years ago and it belongs... This one belongs in the vault. Okay. okay. Um, do you want to go next with The Book of Eli? This was my wow 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> this was my wow 10 years ago. Great a, film. Yeah. This is a... a Post, post-apocalyptic, yeah, post-apocalyptic Defo. world and we're, we're following Eli protecting this book mm. <laughs> and um, the world the world is a much dangerous place where there are no books and there is only one other man um, oh, his name evades me the villain nah it's been too long since I've seen it I'm afraid don't dwell on it move on yeah uh, he's the only other guy with a book <laughs> if you would and you know th- there is this whole it's the whole it's a power trip, isn't it? Yeah. And it, Denzel it, could throw in this. Well, Denzel always throws. This. No, no, no. But like here, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this yeah. was they, a man on fire. This was John Wick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he 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 brings the action. I just remember that time when mm. he's walking through a town and they fire a shot. And yeah. He turns around. He's like, ooh, you done it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you done it now. I mean, essentially, how can I cover this in a in a weird way? It is just the story of power overthrowing the, the villains in the town and maintaining something spiritual yes no yes. spoiler as to what is, the yeah, book yeah, is yeah. you kind of had that i kind of had that feeling though oh i never did I, you didn't never I, did. I, I just had this thing of what is the book what, what could be the book and then you think to yourself well well any- when you say it like that if you want to make me feel stupid <laughs> <laughs> like he's protected a book that has lasted the test of time and what other book could last the test of time yeah. Found in every hotel. <laughs> I don't want to be a spoiler. spoiler. <laughs> I, you know me. I tried to avoid them, but I'd like it was the book. Uh, to me, it was just spelt that. It was a weird post-apocalyptic movie. It's got Denzel Washington, and he's doing some really, really badass kung fu it, it's, stuff. It's it's real kung fu. It's gun fu. It's, it's everything. He, he gives a bit of everything in this. I like the way it was filmed too. I can't for the life of me remember who the director was, but I like that kind of you know grade. gritty. Yeah, it had a felt gritty. gritty. It, had it felt a, a bit gritty Tony feel. Scottish. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I really liked it. The other one, um, the other two actually that are ten years old. We've got Legion. Which I missed. Legion, okay, so the, <laughs> Legion felt like Paul Bettany's attempt to reunite the, the side cast of the Fast franchise. Because you've got, so Paul Bettany plays the lead. This is essentially a movie about um, an angel called Michael who falls from heaven. God has essentially lost faith in humankind. And he's about to start a holy war by sending all his angels down to earth to eradicate mankind. However, and Paul Bettany was the first one he sent down. Paul, no, oh, okay. <laughs> it's more, it, it's it's weirder than that. So Paul Bettany is the one who rebels because he's his whole shtick is well. I've been told since the beginning that man is 
created in your image. I'm to love man, and I still think they're salvageable. I don't think we should start this war. So it's basically Paul Bettany, a few people against angels. Big, big, bad, tough angels. But now what's weird is that you, you hear this and you think, okay, grand scale, big scope. No, no, no. This thing happens in a gas station on the side of a desert highway. Not the grandest of scale. And that's kind of what intrigued me up to about an hour in when I realized, so this isn't going anywhere. But essentially, Paul Bettany falls to earth. Um, You've got really, really, you know, you could insert exposition memes into the amount of exposition that they do into trying to make you care for these characters. Lucas Black from Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift is in this. Tyrese is in this. Your man. (laughs) Uh, I don't, I don't make me start on that. Cast just, him just, as Magneto. <laughs> Look at the hate. Why are you doing this, Charles? Oh, God, anyway, moving on, moving me. on before I go. Uh, Dennis Quaid is in this, weirdly. Um, and those are the sort of big-hitting names. But it's weirdly violent. Um, it, it's, it's one angel shooting lots of bullets from a gas station at a load of other angels. It's as dumb as it sounds. Um, and it feels very much older than 10 years ago. Quite how this is so fresh and new is still beyond me. It feels older. The last film we're going to talk about today, guys, that is 10 years old, um, one I actually quite enjoyed, believe it or not. I don't think you caught this one because the vampires were never really your thing. Oh, no, no, no. I get that wrong. Are you used to zombies, isn't it? Zombies are never mind. Uh, You're down with the vamps, all right. Um, No, Daybreakers with Ethan Hawke and Sam Neill. So I missed this, and when it came up on the list, I I, I missed the chance to even catch it on this, like, rerun. It's really good. So we're essentially living in a world where humans have become... Think of kind of like what Matrix did with humans as batteries. Humans have now become blood banks. Interesting. Because the vampires have essentially taken over the whole world. We're living in a world where vampires don't hide in the shadows. Vampires are the population. The whole world is basically vampirical. There are, you know, the vampires outnumber the humans a thousand to one. It's not a war. There's nothing going on. It's just it picks up with everyday life. Vampires are the status quo. Okay. Right? Um, You've got vampire corporations, vampire gangsters, vampire bankers, the whole thing. But it's not done cheesily. It's done as a kind of... This is the world now. these These are normal people, just FYI. Happen to be vampires, Right. But now the problem is, it's kind of a, a sort of allegory to, you know, be it global warming, or I think what it was meant to do at the time was kind of being an allegory to, to the energy problem, you know, to us running out of oil. Because in this world, the vampires are running out of blood. And now, so what's happening is that some of them have started actually draining their, own, draining their own blood. So, you know, they're biting themselves and they're becoming these horrible bloody apparitions. Um, you know, it gets quite nasty. But Ethan Hawke as a vampire, and more to the point, I wasn't aware that I needed Sam Neill as a vampire in my life. It works. Mm. It works mm. oh so well. Mm. I, can, I can, yeah. It works oh so well. Um, listen, if, if you like vampire films, they died a little bit in the... In the 21st century. Blade kind of owned it and killed it. Literally. And then they made that uh, Not Another Vampire movie. Also, Twilight, for me, didn't really help. Um, (sighs) Anyway, moving on. Yeah, anyway. It's not for everyone. The the box office says that people loved it. You and me just didn't. Yeah, Um, you know, even a broken clock's right twice a day. (laughs) Hey, there you go. (laughs) There it is. But no, Daybreakers was a really fun, interesting vampire movie. And the one movie we've got to talk about this week, guys, that is 20 years old. We've both seen it. 
Boondock Saints. Yes, yeah. Do you know, so this was one that was kind of... I, I didn't see it when it first came out. Nor me. But what a story. I actually Fascinating, like, right? I really like the, the angle they took on it, you know. Two brothers just enjoying life. Yeah. If you but, pull that no, enjoying... No, in the beginning. <laughs> the, the, uh, the beginning of, you know, St. Patrick's Day, the two Irish guys out there. The Irish guys going to church. <laughs> And then... Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Or at least I'm about to. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know... They, and sin yeah. they do. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they have an epiphany. This is what I'm leading up to. It's like, you start, mm. and then they have the... They're attacked, and the the, the, the madness begins. <laughs> when they're like, okay, it's time to rid the world of the bad. <laughs> this is like if Batman had an equal brother, and they happened to be Irish. And not hiding their face. <laughs> just a little like, bit. Yeah, 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 yeah but I'm just like, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, yeah. It was Irish Cape and Cal. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? It was, it was interesting. Like, it did was... you did you catch that Norman Reedus was in this? One of the brothers is Norman Reedus, the lead now from Breta from um, Walking Dead. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, actually, I, didn't, I didn't actually catch him. Like, I didn't know him by name, and I, yeah, I know him in Wa- Walking Dead, but I'm not a Walking Dead fan. So, how good was Willem Dafoe in this, though? He was big. He was, he big. was tops. That I'm sorry. That the, the, I, I laughed so hard in the train. Um, the scene where he's in bed with his boyfriend, and the boyfriend he's on the phone taking a, an important police call, and the boyfriend tries to hug him, and he sort of slaps him away. <laughs> and says, but I wanted a hug. You wanted a hug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, so yeah. good. A, yeah. That tough, gritty cop side yeah, still yeah, to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. It? Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, I'm me. <laughs> I don't hug. <laughs> yeah, but I love the way they sort of shot the story non-chronologically, whereby just as the brothers were about to go and commit a crime, it cuts to the police, un- you know, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. solving the it crime. Was, it, was, it was a nice, it it was was a nice, nice way of storytelling. I mean, it feels, you know, in terms of the way it's shot, in terms of the action, in terms of the blood literally splattering everywhere. I mean, the cat. <laughs> a gun does not do that to a cat. It's I would like so... to think that. You know, I've never tried. But, yeah. No, that's yeah. not speaking from a place of experience. By the way, if you, if you want to uh, watch something really, really messed up about cats, watch the new Netflix series, Don't F With Cats. That's I've heard about oh, this. Oh, dude, it's so dark. I have heard about it's this. It's so dark. <laughs> And it's, I, it's true. It's I know, all true. I know. And that was, I was like, wow. wow. But we are entering our final few minutes of the show, guys. So thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, I hope we've done, I hope we've done you guys justice. You know, I don't know. Our show. studio manager in the studio, Gino, have we done all right, my man? Yeah, we're getting a we thumbs got, up. We, we got a thumbs up and an A-OK. Oh, two oh, thumbs up. Shaka, bro. One each. Oh, yeah, I like this. I like this. Thank you very much, Gino. Thank you very much to everyone on K2K who has listened to us. Guys, um, just so you know where we're going to be at for now. So you can find uh, yours truly, uh, the Viceroy of Verisimilitude, Nico Luro. And I'm his... never going to remember that name. I mean, just... just... Yeah, I like UK's favourite film critic. That's the one. There we go. Let's stick to what we know. Nico Luro and the one AJ. We will still be uploading our podcast every single week on all of our podcast platforms. If you want to find us, we are available on on iOS and Android and Spotify. So new top 10 for you guys every single week. Um, As far as our association with K2K is concerned, we will be here for the time being. It will be once a month, but expect these shows to branch off into being two separate shows, one dedicated solely to to the movie news, one dedicated solely to the Throwback Thursday section or the, uh, what was it, AJ? The Tuesday, what was it? Take Me Back Tuesday. Take Me Back Tuesday, I love it. (laughs) 
<laughs> we, we work our magic where we have to. Please be sure to go and see the new David Copperfield film and please make sure you're seeing it at the Lexi Cinema. Please be sure to tune into all of K2K's shows and follow K2K on Twitter, Instagram and on their own website, k2kradio.com. Please be sure, as I said, to download and listen to our podcast and make sure that you are following us on Twitter at MovieMTRushmore and on Instagram at Silver Screen Dudes. From now on until next month, guys, that is it from us. I just want to quite say a quick shout out because I just got the message. Go Ivy Perkins, thank you for tuning in as well. Thank hey, you very much. Thank Loving you, it. Ivy. And um, yeah, so until the next time, I'm the one AJ Anthony Jordan. I'm Nicole Lura. See ya.